When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because if you say that getting the money is the most important thing, you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. So today we have a very special guest coming to the pod. She's a professional soccer player, world traveler, current Champions League player, and member of Atletico Madrid, Kylie Strom. Welcome to Footwork, Kylie. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to shoot a question at you right away as our first guest. All right, let's go. Upstate New York begin? Upstate New York begins anywhere outside of New York City. Oh, damn. That one's so you're saying Monroe, New York, where Dilly Boy here is from, is <laughs> upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, you're one of us, Dylan. Ah, yes. You know, that's not a bad I, thing. I, I didn't mean to make that sound like yeah, it's not a bad thing. To be, be one of I'm you. the odd one out here. It's just, it is, it is. But I get it. All the cooler people live downstate. It's just interesting to hear someone from upstate say that upstate starts at New York. It's usually all Long Islanders are on that side. And then yeah. upstate, midstate, whatever you want to call it, are like, you know, banned against Long Islanders. But uh, Kylie, I get it. It's okay. Hey, I'm proud. I'm proud to be upstate. <laughs> yeah. So let's start off. How would you give us a brief uh, background of yourself, where you're from, where you've played? Um, let's start off. Maybe we'll just talk, name the teams, and then we'll go into detail one by one uh, afterwards. Cool. Yeah. So... Um yeah, I grew up in upstate, uh, went to college at Boston University, absolutely love Boston, mm. um, played for the Breakers Reserves there for a season, mm. and then, uh, you know, wasn't really working out, so went overseas to FFC Frankfurt's second team, uh, had a bit of difficulty getting a visa there, and <laughs> more or less got deported essentially. Wow. Um, right. We'll so have to go into detail story. in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, uh, went back to the States, um, was a practice player for the Boston Breakers in the NWSL, and then okay. ended up earning a contract there. Um, again, didn't work out how I wanted it to. Uh, got cut midseason there. Oof. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, then went over to the Czech Republic and played for Sparta Prague, which was such an amazing experience. Big club, yeah, huge. Yeah, club. yeah, absolutely loved it. So many good memories, like on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now here at Atletico Madrid, <sighs> which is just which is, crazy. What a story! What a pinnacle! Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I honestly still can't believe it. Like, it sounds weird saying it. <laughs> when you're doing your intro, I was like, I can't believe that I, I'm looking at my notepad. 
Atletico Madrid. Like, I can't believe I'm saying that. So, yeah. and to get here, like, it's not like a very typical path, you know, like, I think most people on my team, you know, have these, like, the resume is just filled with like top of the notch teams. I'm kind of like, yeah. And here I'm kind of like, Oh, I played a little bit here, here, like random, random places, like so many failures. And then somehow some way ended up here. It's all about the journey. It is. It is. So let's come back to just like right after Boston university. Um, and even touching on, you know, how you said your resume and your story is a bit different from people who are playing there with you. Um, so coming out of university, trying to go professional, what is that path to pro like for women? Because for men, we have many different avenues, but it just you don't seem to hear too much about you know the woman's path to pro. Yeah, um, that's a great question because you know I'm really not sure there is like one specific path, and that's mm-hmm. that's why you see so many so many talented women's players just kind of you know hanging up the cleats way too early because they don't really know. Um, So, yeah, I went to Boston University. Um, We were, like, we had very successful seasons in our conference, Mm -hmm. you know, like won the championship every year and all that. But um, when it comes to, like, getting drafted or anything like that, like, we were nothing compared to, like, UNC, Stanford, UCLA, like, those types of schools. Yeah, those are, like, the powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I entered the draft – um, kind of knowing I wasn't going to get drafted. Um, what is, what is like the, you said you entered. So what does that kind of mean? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty simple. Like you literally just like sign up online and any like eligible senior can do it. Um, so I don't remember exactly how many players were entered or like how many get drafted. You know, I think it might be like 32 players or something like that out of 32 the players how- get drafted. Yeah, out of like the however many graduating seniors, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the chances are like pretty slim. I like knew I wasn't gonna get drafted. Um. But you know, I wasn't like I was still gonna give it a shot. So um, got invited to a few different preseasons. Um. So I went down to Houston Dash. It was actually their first year in the NWSL. So I thought like maybe that's a good team to you know like it's brand new like. Right. Right. Right maybe like be able to get my foot in the door there. Um, yeah, I didn't, I don't think I even lasted a week there. I think I didn't even make the first cut. So, um, kind of discouraging, uh-huh. uh, went back to Boston, um, you know, cause I love Boston and played for the reserve team there. And yeah, it was just kind of trying to make my way into, to the league in, in the U S but it's, it's hard. There's, you know, only nine teams, I think, and yeah, like unlike the men, um, you know, the women's is pretty much professional or nothing. Like either you right. play in the pros or like even the reserve team, we were just playing in like a basically a college league, you know, a summer right. summer league for college girls. So yeah, it was tough. And so you you briefly spoke about, you know, a very interesting thing about being in Germany and being deported. So that was kind of your first like opportunity abroad. Can you go into that a little bit for right. us? How did you How did you wind up there? Yeah, so I was like super naive going into this whole thing. Like looking back, it's like what in the world was I ever thinking? Um, so 
the opportunity came out of nowhere. So pretty much I went over to visit my boyfriend, Evan, who you guys know. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was playing in Germany and, um, you know, I just went to visit him, like wasn't expecting any trials or anything. Um, but his you brought, band, brought the boots, of course, always. <laughs> always. I don't go anywhere without them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I brought the boots and yeah, his manager like was like, Hey, do you want to trial with, you know, FFC Frankfurt? And I was like, yeah, are you kidding me? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so went to only a few trainings with them and then just like went back home, um, after my visit. And then like in January, like a, f a few weeks later, they called me and were like, Hey, you know, we'd love to have you for our second team. Like, you know, when can, when can you be here? And I was like, I'll be there right away. Was on the next flight over there, you know, Amazing. with really no details on right. like where I was going to live, what kind of contract money, like anything. And I was, I didn't ask any questions. It I was matter. just like, it didn't matter. Right. yeah, exactly. I was like, all right. To continue to play. Exactly. And it's in Germany, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Like, couldn't have been better. Right. Well, yeah, looking back. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I thought at the time. There's a blood coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought at the time. Um, but, yeah, so I hopped on the plane um, with kind of no idea what I was doing. You know, just a girl from upstate New York, you know, kind of lived a sheltered life. So definitely yeah. was a culture shock for sure. And then you go back there and you begin to play with the second team. Do you get a chance at the first team? So basically what happened was <laughs> you, you can stay overseas for three months, you know, right. without, without a visa. Right. So like right before my three months was up, me and this German guy um, who's like trying to help me out go to what I thought was a visa meeting. And they're speaking German, whatever. They hand me a piece of paper and, you know, the guy who was helping me goes, okay, like you can stay here, you know, for another three months. We just have to get like your final visa appointment before you go back home. Right. I was like, okay, great. And like looking back, like the piece of paper was literally like a piece of paper <laughs> and it was in German and I didn't even bother translating it. Like so naive, so naive. So fast forward three months and, um, go to like my final visa meeting, you know, like I'm, I'm expecting to get, you know, like the real, the real thing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like the, the German woman who's, you know, supposed to give us my visa kind of like, she looks mad. Like she looks real mad. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's, I mean, Germans always look mad, but. Well, true, true. <laughs> but like, that's how, like she like looked extra mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they're like speaking in German and I can tell it's kind of heated and tense and like, yeah, I, I could, I could tell it wasn't good. Yeah. And basically they were like, well, you have to, you have to leave like, and, and you can't come back for six months. You've been staying here illegally. Like, how dare you? Like, shame on you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea. Just scolding you. My fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like crying, of course. I'm like, it's all my fault. I had no idea. Like, oh, but the problem was, so like, it would have been fine if I was able to just, you know, go home and that was that. But I had like literally that day, me and my friend found like 17 euro flights to, to Scotland. 
So we had like this whole Euro trip plan. We were going to go to Scotland. Uh, then we we're going to France. And then I was going to come back to Germany, like gather all my things and head home. Mm-hmm. But like the problem was I wasn't You're supposed allowed. to. Be. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend came up with a genius idea. She's like, well, what if you just sneak back in by train? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Megan, you're a genius. So, yeah, we thought that was a great idea. Um, So I (laughs) we're going to we're like getting ready to go to Scotland. I hand them my passport. I have like this. They gave me this special paper that says, like, I'm illegal. Like, I'm the worst person ever, pretty much. Don't ever let her back in. Yeah. So I like have to hand them this and they're just like judging me to the max, you know. Oh, I can I can see it already. Yeah. I get this like big stamp in my passport, which I still have that says, like, leave to enter six months. Um, and they're like, you cannot come back here for six months. Like you hear, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. And, um, yeah. So then did our little Euro trip, which was amazing. And then came back on train, like nobody checked me or anything. And then, um, when I was trying to leave, like after I got all my stuff and go back home, my passport got like wicked flagged. They, like, pull me aside. I have to go through extra security. And, like, thank goodness the the security guy who I got who was questioning me was, like, an FFC Frankfurt fan. I didn't tell him that I, like, never played a game and was, like, training with the second team, of no, course. You know? like, oh, yeah, I used to yeah. score hat tricks. Oh, yeah, I built myself up for sure. And he's like, oh, wow, so cool, amazing. Like, you know, just, you know, don't do it again. I'm like, I promise I won't. <laughs> And then he let me go. Frankfurt, I'll let you go. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like super nice. I got really like probably like the only nice German, you know? (laughs) Oh man, break a rule here. That's you're in trouble. Oh, they are like, do not break the rules there. Anytime I've jaywalked, I've just been, I don't know how it was in Frankfurt, but we have a thing here in Hamburg. Uh, when like it's like two o'clock in the morning and you're waiting at a corner and the, the light is red, people just stand there and wait for it to turn. No, no car, like miles. No, like they. I mean, they and are. That I guess sums they up how they yeah. love the rules. That's a great, great summary. I can't yeah. believe that you smuggled yourself into Germany, Amazing. got your stuff. I, yeah. How are I you doing on like this train ride from France into Germany? Oh my gosh, like. Anybody who knows me, like, I am not a rule breaker ever. Like, I am a people pleaser. Yeah. It's changed me forever. Yeah. Like, I'm a people pleaser and, like, hate confrontation or breaking the rules. Like, I was a nervous wreck. I was, like, sweating. But, like, so glad I did it. So glad. So this this was a very interesting first European experience, I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. What a way riding, to break into riding, a game. Riding dirty. <laughs> Came in just making your stamp on European soccer. Yeah. So I, I, coming back to just the discrepancy between male and female, especially after after college, you know, for us there's these combines like there's you know multiple agents there's multiple stories of people doing this and and ways to get into europe can you touch on some of the ways that you took and if there are like many ways for women to kind of keep pursuing their dream abroad yeah i think there are a ton of different ways um so i kind of explored all of them 
Like, so I first tried going down to a combine in Florida, actually. Um, and I was like super excited about the opportunity and everything. Um, and it's not cheap either. Like it was an investment, like just to sign up plus flights, plus like hotel. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, this sounds like an awesome opportunity. So went down to Florida and there was essentially like 300 or so girls there, you know, been there. Yeah. 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 And like I, from that, um, event in particular. And like, that was just like one of their events, you know, and they're having multiple ones across, across the U S. So from that specific event, I think I heard of like one girl, signing for a team or something. So yeah, that didn't work out. Um, and then, but obviously like after my whole Germany experience, I, I kind of figured like I could do it on my own, but like that was pretty difficult. Um, so there are like quite a few women's agents out there. Um, so just through like my friends, you know, um, I found like, especially in the, I don't know how it is in the men's game, but like in the women's game, I found like everybody is so willing to help each other. Right. Um, like all the players are, you know, like, Oh, Hey, do you know, you want this contact? Here's this contact, you know, it's all about keeping a network and building it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Most people will help. Yeah. No, it's, that's the thing. Like I was always worried to ask for help, you know? And then, in the end, it's like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, they say no. Like, who yeah, cares? You're in the same position you are already. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it can't hurt to reach out. And in the end, like, honestly, everybody I spoke to was helpful. Like, nobody once ever said, like, no, why would I do that? You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you get, you get deported from Germany, and you go back to the U.S., and then what happens after that? Yeah, so I go back to the U.S., um, was kind of trying to figure out what to do. Um, I weirdly still wanted to go back to Germany. I was trying to get a visa the proper way this time. Mm -hmm. So I went down to, like, the German consulate, like, three different times trying to get a visa, and it just wasn't working. I don't know why. I was kind of, like, the first um, international that they had ever had that team, so I was kind of the guinea pig, and they didn't really know the steps to take, so it was difficult. So, like, during this time, trying to get my visa, um, you know, obviously I need to, like, make some money somehow, so I'm just, like, waitressing for like weddings and whatnot, um, living at home and yeah, still just like training on my own with like that idea that, you know, hope, hopefully something's going to come up and when it does, I'll be ready. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, yeah. So one day it was just, I didn't plan on doing it at all. It was weird. Um, I was just like, I'm going to go I'll try out for like the Boston breakers again Mm -hmm. and, and see what happens. Um, so I went to, to tryouts there. Um, they ended up inviting me to preseason, which was awesome. Um, didn't get a contract, but, um, was a practice player for them with the first team all season. So that was, you know, a, a step in the right direction, I thought. And then, uh, towards the end of the season, um, earned a contract. So amazing. Yeah, it was, it was exciting for sure. It was, you know, my, my first professional contract. Right. Right. 
And it's in it's in the city where you went to school. Oh yeah, it it's couldn't like your have second been, home in a way. Yeah, couldn't have been better, really. So it sounded it sounded good, but you had you had mentioned that there was um, you know a pretty pretty traumatizing event where you get cut from Boston Breakers. Yeah. So can yeah. you go into go into that and just go into the whole mindset, maybe a little story behind it, and you know how you persevered, really. Yeah, so um, like I said, earned a contract like at the very end of the season, mm-hmm. um, and then they ended up um, offering like a, a contract ex- extension for next year. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course, like I'd love to stay. So yeah, uh, the season starts usually about like mid March preseason. So going to preseason, you know, training and all that. We start season. I wasn't playing like at all really. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But you know, still I was like, you know, just keeping my head down, working hard every right. day, and you know, doing what I could mm-hmm. uh, to help the team. And then come mid June. Um, we were just coming home from a game from Houston. So like we were all together as a team, um, you know, and then I get a phone call like an hour after, after I get home Mm -hmm. and it's, it's from my coach. So I'm like, that's really weird, you know? So I answer and all he really says is like, Hey, Kylie, I'm really sorry. Um, we're going to have to let you go. Like another, another player became available and, you know, we, we really got to take her. So, um, yeah, like, I don't think I even responded. It was right. really like a two minute conversation. Um, and that's it. They can just end the contract that like, that was that. I think I like, continued to like get paid slash had health insurance and all that till the end of the month. And then from that, from then on, like I was, you know, good luck. (laughs) So there's no, there's no security with the, with your contract. Is that a thing that you kind of see across the league or what is the story? Yeah, no, I've unfortunately, like I've heard that happen to a lot of people. Um, even like one of my good friends, uh, that season, I'm not kidding. I think it was three days before preseason. They called her and said, ah, you know, we're, we don't need you anymore. Oh my God. Wow. Imagine yeah. getting ready, hyped. You're in exactly. going preseason and you get that call. Like I, it's crazy. 30 games. It is like at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, I think it has gotten better since, um, the players are like starting to unionize and, yeah. And all that, yeah, which right. is definitely necessary. So um, hopefully that doesn't happen to too many more players because it's that was like rock bottom for right. sure. So and then now this is basically your second professional season, second professional team, um, and here you are facing failure once again. Uh, yeah. Now what's your plan after this? Yes. Yeah. Well, what are you thinking? It was it was tough because like Boston was my home, you know, for so many years, like not only was it with soccer, like, you know, I had like coaching there and everything, like it was, you know, kind of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was just leaving everything right. and comfortable. going home to nothing, you right. know? 
Um, so yeah, I was just kind of, I, I remember I went to like my aunt's lake house just kind of to get away from everything and clear my mind and, you know, kind of figure out what's next. Right. And I think that's just like a very big, you know, thing that's dropped on you. Can you go into like where your mindset was in those days reflecting like were you were you second guessing this dream were you like were you angry or or kind of you know what what went through your head yeah it was it was tough like I had so many different emotions going through my mind you know like there was anger where I was like wow like you know, I can't believe, like, I was a part of this club for a long time, you know, like, through the reserve team, like, right, earned right. a professional contract, like, was coaching for, like, youth academy teams as well. Um, and then the fact that, like, they couldn't even have a conversation with me face-to-face. Yeah, really. Um, I just felt kind of disrespected, yeah. um, like, unvalued. And then at the same time, like, your mind kind of goes back and you're like, oh, like, could I have done more, you know? Or like, yeah, yeah. So it's like such, like, so emotional, like up and down and. Right. Yeah. So, so it was tough. But somewhere in there, it seems like there was, you know, there was a big kind of fire struck with you and, and you got such a huge, huge contract and opportunity after. So, how long after did you actually end up going to to Prague to play for Sparta, and how did that all come about? Yeah, for sure, definitely built up a fire, and you know, as much as I was, you know, upset and and feeling down, I don't think I ever really doubted like, oh, it's it's time to hang hang up the cleats, you know, like I was never gonna let that be how my football career ended yeah right. you weren't gonna let him tell yeah story right. just one opinion. exactly yeah so um yeah I was just kind of you know hanging out one day and I got a call from my agent and he was like hey I found a team for you I'm like all right let's go and he's like <laughs> don't even ask. Yeah. he's like yeah, I didn't even tell you the team yet like oh, yeah. I literally don't care where it is. Like I'll be from, there. Didn't you learn from blind trust from the German no, beast? Of course up? I didn't. Of, of course, course I didn't. I should have, <laughs> but I didn't. And I got really lucky though because, like Sparta Prague is an historic European team. You know, oh, uh, and Prague nice. is yeah, and Prague is like an absolutely beautiful place to live. So it couldn't have worked out better because I was saying yes to wherever I was going. So I got really lucky that it was Prague. And now how'd it go there? Um, At Sparta, it went, it went really well. So to preface, just like the Czech league isn't great. Um, Basically the top two teams, Slavia and Sparta are competitive and the rest of the league drops off pretty drastically Mm -hmm. um but so before i came um slavia was like the the top dog for like five years in a row i think and then um they brought me in and made a few other um changes as well and we ended up winning like the, the domestic title the domestic cup the, the two years while I was there, which was, like, super cool. But you have a change from Sparta. So what happened there? 
Yeah, so um, absolutely loved Sparta, loved my time there, um, but everybody, I think, kind of knew that that was not, like, the end destination for me. Um, Like, the plan was kind of, you know, build and, like, grow my confidence and hopefully have other opportunities um, moving forward. And I get a call from my agent and um, I'm like, hey, like, what's up? He's like, hey, you're never going to believe the news I have to tell you. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, what's going on? And he goes, Atletico Madrid wants to sign you. And I was like, wow. you're right. I don't believe you. <laughs> like, what do you mean? That's, that's like, great. completely out of left field, uh-huh. you know? Like, I literally was, like, in the mindset, like, okay, yep, like, let's stick it out another season and, you know, power through. Did they see you play somewhere, or do you think there was, like, a game uh, performance that you did that kind of caught their eye? You know, I really don't know. Like, I think my agent was just kind of, you know, he's he's based out of Spain, so he has a lot of good connections gotcha. um, here in Spain. He was plugging. Um, he was plugging and passing your highlights. He team. was for <laughs> sure. He was plugging and passing hard. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they just. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> I guess they just, you know, liked uh, what they saw in my highlight video, and you know, were interested. So now you're so now you're at Atletico Madrid. You're you're living out your dreams. Um, I mean, you played with you play in the Champions League with Sparta, but now you're playing the Champions League with Atletico. What what are you thinking the first day you're walking into Atletico's locker room? Like first day of training. Oh my! It was <laughs> after it, this whole ordeal is finished. I mean, I can't imagine that. Feeling. Yeah, like it's. I think that was like the first time that it really hit me. You know, like. Oh my God, I'm I'm actually here. God you man. know, like I I remember the first training and everything. Like it was just the greatest feeling ever. But at the same time, I was like, Oh my God, I'm I was like I'm at Atletico Madrid, and then I was like, Oh my God, I'm at at Atletico Madrid. You know, like yeah. I gotta. I got to like get adjusted to the level pretty quickly because I haven't played at, you know, a super high level in a while. So, or anything like this. So, um, you know, I got to, was it tough to adjust at first? Like their playing style, did it really differ from what you were used to at Sparta and then, you know, at Boston and Frankfurt? Oh yeah. Um, so like the, the Spanish style is like, they're so nice with their feet, you know, like it's beautiful the way they play football. Um, and then I feel like in Germany and the Czech Republic in America, like it's more like, you know, that work hard mentality, like right. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to run, I'm going to battle you. Like, which is the American way. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like kind of rely on your athleticism. Right. Right. Um, right. so here, like they put their skill first and then athleticism, you know, if you have it awesome, Right. But it's not like a But it's a not necessity. the end all be all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, super hard for me. And I'm still adjusting to it. And I'm still kind of trying to find that balance between like, you know, I my athleticism and fitness and, you know, 
mentality is my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to like diminish that, you know? So no, I, of course not. but I also need to adapt. So yeah. trying to, to find that balance has been difficult. Um, right. but it, it's getting better every training for sure. Now, what's the one thing that you think that, um, you know, is the most difficult thing for you to adjust to and, and something that you need to continue to improve or that the coach is trying to work with you with in order to get on the field? Yeah. So I actually just had like a, a video analysis with them and their favorite word for me that like I literally hear in my sleep is like Kylie, tranquila, tranquila, <laughs> tranquila, oh like calm, oh, yeah. calm. Yeah. And it sounds like it'd be like so easy to do, you know, but like it's it's so hard for me like when I get the ball like I just want to go and like here they're just like no like relax so like yeah I need to be patient and you know just make better decisions on the ball so that's you know my my biggest thing um and I guess that's kind of hard to work on like on your own almost you know right It, it Um, it almost has to be in a game setting Right. You know, how are American players, uh, women American players abroad viewed upon? Because, you know, the women's national team is the best in the world, you know, and for us men's, I mean, they laugh at the American team. So when they think of American players, we're kind of viewed as like athletes, athletes winning mentality, but that don't have know the no game. technique, don't know the game, yeah. you know, but I would imagine in the women's game, it must be different. Yeah. Yeah. So on that side of things, like we're definitely lucky, um, because, you know, the American women's team is, you know, the best in the world. Um, so I think they do respect that, you know, and I think that's that you guys on the men's side have an extra hurdle to, to hop over in that regard for sure. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's still tough because, and I know I experienced it, it when I was in um, Boston as well. Cause you're like, you know, we have so many good players here. Like, why do we need foreigners sort of thing? You know? Yeah. So uh, I yeah, think, yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, the situation abroad as well. Like, I think sometimes they have, you know, they're like, we're Spanish, you know, like this is our style. We know how to play. Like, right. yeah. Speak this language. And yeah. It's usually it's just, they're, they're, highly critical of any foreigner oh my gosh we're always like the scapegoats like if anything goes wrong like it's the foreigner's right. fault yeah yeah no it's so true though yeah so with that you know you have three new coaches and you're in a foreign country you know how has it been trying to basically win the coach over that you're you know the best left back on the team yeah it's been it's been tough um you know we have a really good left back here. She's Spanish, like young, like, you know, really nice on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she, she's a solid player for sure. Um, with these new coaches, you know, I've, she, she's like the go-to starter for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there has been times though, like where I have gotten, gotten the opportunity, you know, we play a lot of games too mm-hmm. with like, cup games and all of that. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that, that I have had a few opportunities to play and, you know, have taken advantage of those. And, you know, I, I knew coming in here, like I wasn't just going to walk in and be, you know, a starter. 
I was very aware of that. Um, and you know, I, I experienced the same thing at Boston, you know, like I, I know what it's like to, to be on the bench and, and try and earn a spot. So I was prepared for that coming in. In Europe, I mean, I, I'm not so, uh, I don't know much about it, but what are the best leagues? What are the best teams in Europe? You know, are, is the American League the best or is that just the national team? Yeah, so it's it's hard because, um, you know, the I wish there was like an international league almost, you know, like I wish there were games where like the European, the best European teams could play the American teams in like a competitive environment. Like we, right, not right, just a right. friendly. Yeah, exactly. Like I know they, they play friendlies and stuff. We actually played friendlies um, in America this year. So that was cool to be a part of and, you know, play at home. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, Lyon is probably the best team yeah, in the world. They seem to win the Champions League like almost France. every year, right? Yeah, the fact that like you have a dynasty in the Champions League, like that doesn't even sound like a real no, sentence. It doesn't. You know, differences in in levels. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably like uh, this the Spanish league is super competitive. Like mm-hmm. this year we like tied and even lost to, you know, relegation teams. Um, obviously I'm not happy about that, but like, it's, it's cool, you know, to see how competitive it is from top to bottom. Um, I'd say like Germany is probably one of the top leagues as well. England, um, you have your, you kind of have an interesting perspective being American and playing so long in Europe. Do you think that, you know, the USA dominance is, is, you know, maybe coming to a close with Europe getting so strong? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Um, you know, America's obviously amazing and super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we did kind of have, like, a competitive advantage in, you know, the way that America views women and, like, women in sports in general, you know? Right. I think Europe kind of lagged behind in that a little bit. Um, and now that they're catching up, like... And they already have like that football culture in place, um, which is totally different than in America. Like, uh, it's it's amazing to watch. Like you said, like the the French national team, and you know all of these, even like these small countries like Denmark are. You know, mm-hmm, it's right. it's really exciting to see. Like the level is only continuing to get better. So, right. and like you said, the culture here is like you can't even compare it to America. Oh my gosh, it's Not so different. Terrible. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I see that once they once they start putting money into the women's game, I would imagine mm-hmm. that they're just going to take over. Yeah, watch out for sure. And no. then yeah. Go on. I'm sure like America, you know, is going to they're not going to want to give their place up at the top. So right. it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I think the, the future of women's football is bright. Yeah, I think so, too. It's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, it seems to be getting yeah. better and better. Do you have any, you know, thoughts or, you know, aspirations to come back to the USA and play at some point? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, obviously, I kind of have a bitter taste in my mouth from that whole thing. Um, so on one side, I'm like, nah, you know, I don't want to go through that again. And also like, I love, um, playing 
football in Europe, you know, just from a soccer standpoint and like a lifestyle standpoint. Yeah. It's you like, know? it is life football. Yeah. Right. Like I get to just like, and the experiences that I've had and like, I've gotten to travel and see the world. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world really. Yeah. Um, but then again, on the other side, it's like, you know, I see it as a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, it's not how I wanted it to end. So, and obviously it's so cool to play in front of like your family and friends and you know, your, your home. So, right, right, right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's a great place to get into our world famous game show. World famous as in, as in we've had one game, <laughs> one show, game show so far. And we're just hoping that it doesn't crash and burn. So would you like I to actually yeah. love, I'm not kidding. My dream is to be on a game show. So like What's mission your, accomplished. Your favorite one? Um, family feud, family feud. Right. You know, we were thinking of names for this and nothing kind of went with family feud. So we, we tried to play off the price is right. I love the price is right too. So this one is called the place is right. The place is right. Oh, I like it. And Dang it. I should have said the price is right. That would have been perfect. <laughs> I, was, I was praying that you would. I know. You guys couldn't have given me like a little hint before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so essentially we just have a basically a list of topics from uh, listeners. Yeah, and, we, who have uh, kind of wrote in or called us and or we've called them and just different topics just to see like, you know, what country really rules out in right. your in your experience you know so out of your three countries germany czech republic spain um for each of these questions just choose the country and then maybe you can go into a little detail on the reason why cool cool so well uh we'll start off the first question pretty simple best english best english um not spain um i'd have to go with germany yeah, that makes. I mean, I've heard about Czech having some good English, but really, I, I mean, just from, from from people people who have visited there tell me that they love Americans and they love to speak English. Now, I don't know if this is just let's people, get a fact check here. Yeah, let's get a fact check. <laughs> well, so so in Prague, it's funny because like I feel like Prague and like the Czech Republic you know, are two totally different oh, conversations. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, Prague, like. It's such an international, like, touristy city. So pretty much everybody speaks English. Okay. Yeah. Cool, but still, yeah, I mean, I see Germany. The, the, the English here is pretty yeah. immaculate. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Germany. How about best food? Best cuisine. Best food. Um, Spain. I, I'm a big fan of the, of the tapas, for sure. Oh, yeah. Do you like the paella, too? Yep, paella. Half the time, I don't even know what I'm ordering. You know, I'm just like, let's pick that. And, you know, you don't want to be rude. So you eat it and find out afterwards. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah, I hear you. Now, with that, what is the strangest food you've ever eaten? Out of these three countries, I would assume. is. That's a tough one. It was it was probably one of those weird fish things that I ate recently. Like honestly, I'd never seen. Like I'm pretty sure one was a jellyfish. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. One was a jellyfish, and it. And how did it taste? Like a jellyfish. Like I like I don't even know. Like, <laughs> like it was just like like. 
I can't even explain it. Like I'm like cringing. Think about it. Like it tastes like, like, like gel. You know, it was just like you didn't. It didn't want to have a taste. Like it didn't want to. Like it didn't want to like dissolve or anything. Like it was just like no. Like yeah, it wasn't good. I don't. I don't recommend it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm biased because I don't like. Doesn't seem like a topic that you would want to win. It's like that's a weird question that was added in here. Spain loses that one. We're gonna. Yeah, true. We're gonna. (laughs) Yeah, we went from like best food to worst food. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. How about your favorite language? Uh, Spain, Spanish for sure. I I was gonna. I was gonna say. (laughs) And are you learning Spanish? I'm trying my best. Um, Feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I I took Spanish for like five years in high school, but I mean, like, quote unquote, you know, you took five years of classes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I made the mistake of, you know, telling before I came here, like I told people that, you know, like, oh, yeah, like I, I took five years of Spanish. So they pretty much assumed that I spoke fluent Spanish. They thought you were an expert. Yeah. When meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, you probably just know, like, some weird vocab words and, like, yeah. cat, dog, and how are you? Yeah, yeah things that will never help me. No. So, yeah, I've, I've pretty much perfected, like, the, the smile and nod, you know, pretend, yeah. like, I know yeah. what they're saying. And then, like, whisper to my friend, like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, what did that Yeah. All right, and uh, favorite style of play? Um, I'd say Germany. Yeah, I think they're kind of like, yeah, I mean, you guys get it super efficient, like kind of like a combination of a few different styles, too, I feel like. Yeah, just incredibly efficient. Right now we have Spain three, Germany two, Czech. Just looking outside, looking inside from the outside. Yeah, that's zero. Yeah. So best place to break in as an American. Um, hmm. So. I mean, again, I think I'm biased, but like, I think my kind of breakthrough was through the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went to a great team, like Sparta's a great team, um, right. but the rest of the league isn't so great. So I think you really have the opportunity to to stand out, like get some great highlights, like and kind of make a name for yourself, and right. then yeah, move on now, from there. On that team. Like Sparta, do they look within the league a lot too? So like, would it be possible for people to go into that league to maybe, you know, some of the teams that don't really have a chance against the two, you know, favorites and then move their way up onto those teams? Yeah. So um, while I was there during my second season, like, so I think after uh, my first season there, like we had five Americans and I think other teams were starting to recognize like, oh, wow, like you know, like they're doing really well, like maybe we should look into this. So other teams started to bring in Americans as well. Um, so I think, yeah. And I don't think five Americans on your team. Oh, at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty sick. So there's no, there was no limit. Yeah. I think the limit was five. Okay. Wow. Or at least like on the bench, like we honestly might've even had like seven, but you could only have like five rosters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah, I don't think that's like even limited to, to like the Czech Republic league. Like, I think that's what's so cool about Europe. 
that's different than America. Like in America, it's, you know, professional or nothing, all or nothing. But in Europe, like you can play, like they have like seven leagues, you know, like you can, you know, if you can just, just get your foot in the door anywhere, like it doesn't even matter, like the level of the team, like just get your foot in the door and then, Mm -hmm. you know, ball out and, and, you know, move up the ladder. What's the best music? (laughs) Best music? Yeah. Uh, Spanish, yeah, for sure. Do they have like those techno electro electric? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Very club environment. It's like yeah. Okay, so that segues perfectly into our our big question or one of our big questions: the best night out. Um, yeah, Czech Republic. Ooh. So give us give us a little rundown of a night in the in the Czech Republic. It's actually so cool. Like, so I don't think there's any like health or safety codes in the Czech Republic, you know, so people can kind of just like do whatever they want. So you, you show up to like a bar and it's just like this door and you're like, where am I going? Like, it looks like nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you go inside and it's like literally like a cave and it's just like a maze. Like there's like so many just hidden rooms and walkways and people are just like smoking in this, in this cave, you know, like just music blaring. Yeah. Like it's, it's so cool. And like something that I haven't experienced anywhere else. And like, there's like a bunch of bars like that. Do you guys okay. have like a lot of team nights and stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if this is, like, too much information or anything, but, like, everybody – not everybody. Like, probably 75% of my team is um, gay at, at uh, Sparta. So um, we always went to, like, these, you know, gay and lesbian bars. And I kid you not, like, in my – one time I ordered an Uber to Yumpa Dumpa Lesbian Bar. Like, that was <laughs> – that was the name of the bar. Like that is in my Uber history. Yumpa, say, <laughs> again. say that one more time. Yumpa Dumpa Lesbian Bar. I feel like when I go to Czech Republic, I have to. I have oh, to you have to. Bar. It was it was a great time. Not gonna lie. That might be the coolest name I've ever heard for a that bar. Might be. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to Yumpa Dumpa. <laughs> Yumpa Dumpa. <laughs> Big shout out. I think we found our first sponsor. Honestly. <laughs> 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 All right, a little a little more subdued now. How about um, best fans? I think you might have to. I think you might have to say a certain country on this one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Atleti all the way, all by Atleti. If you have to pick a second, um, ah, it's hard, really, because like honestly, just like the fans in Europe are amazing. Like, I don't even want to like rank them because like, you know, in, in America, it's great. You know, it's, it's really cool that you can be like role models for, you know, like little girls and everything. Like that's probably the, the biggest fan base is like little girls, which is amazing, of course. Um, but it's totally different in Europe. Like I get friend requests on Facebook all the time from like these 50 year old men, you know, who are like, you know, bringing a different energy to the field. I don't know if this is such a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. No, you gotta be careful for sure. But like, it's, it's cool. You know, like they are just like, like those are real fans. Like they know your stats, like they know everything. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's cool. 
Now, kind of with this, maybe there was one stadium that you played in or one game that like the atmosphere was like unbelievable. Like that just kind of sums up that European culture of how passionate these fans are. Yeah. So, um, it was pretty cool. It was actually the last game that I played before all of this quarantine and everything. And it wasn't even a competitive game or anything. Like it was just a straight up friendly. Um, we went to, to Turkey and played Besiktas for, um, it was, it was basically like their international women's day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played in the men's stadium and had like 30, 33,000 fans. Oh, wow. And it was so cool. Like, like re- they were real fans too. Like we ran yeah, onto the crazy. field. Yeah. We ran onto the field and like got booed like, and like oh, love loved it. it, you know? Yeah. I was like, I never thought I'd be so happy to get booed in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like clapping to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was so cool. I mean, those fans are crazy. Like literally like our, they threw a rock at our goalie's head. Like oh she had God. like a little bump and like, they were throwing like flares onto the field. They had to stop the game. Like it was wild. It was Man. such a cool experience. And so how'd the game end? We won two nothing. Oh, nice. How oh, the fans yeah. were pissed. Yeah, they, they were. <laughs> so to our last question and our most important, um, us all being New Yorkers, upstate, downstate. You know, they want to separate us, but we have one thing in common. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll get on this one too. Is that I think we all are obsessed with pizza. So oh, yeah. where is the best place to get, you know, pizza out of these countries? Well, I know it's definitely not um, Germany. Have you guys found a good German pizza place? <laughs> in fact in fact we have. There's one Italian place. It's not a German pizza place. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think. Yeah. It's like because Germans we're close. Make pizza, but we're close to. Yeah. Italy. It's a very. It's actually. I think it could hold its own in New York, to be honest. Wow. That's it's like a, a very thin pizza. I don't know about that. I'm not saying Sean's speaking for both of us. No, either. it's it's. It was good. good. It was it's good. Pretty good. But when I and go it's home, consistent. when I go home, the first thing I get when I go yeah, to New York, York is I get a oh, just a full pie. So that tells you that this pizza isn't good enough. Yeah. No, nothing compares to, to New York pizza. But um, so actually, I was obsessed with this one place in the Czech Republic. Um, it was called Pizza Nuovo. And it was all you can eat. Get this. All you can eat pizza and pasta. Ooh. And they, like, come to your table and, like just they have all these different you know toppings or whatever and just uh-huh. you know give you your slice and whatever pasta you want and that was my favorite place for sure like whenever it was like my birthday or any like everybody knew like that's where we're going wow all right so czech republic i was not expecting that I was yeah, not you guys you guys have to go it's on the list. Yeah, it's, well, we have we have a big list, a travel list, but this quarantine is really yeah screwed that up. Just yeah. pushing it back a little bit, but that's yeah, that's way. Wow, very good things about. So it. So after all that, though, I think it, it's the great PR move too. This wasn't planned, but Spain yeah. wins. Yeah. We so. may or may not have kept going until Spain won. Well, no, we ended on check, so that can't be. It can't be true. Yeah. It wasn't rigged. It wasn't rigged. It's not a giant conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs>
Je to gol, parádní trefa, Kylie Strouma a Spartianky ve 47. minutě vedou 1-0. Yeah, with the end of that game, well, congratulations on your first game show yeah. appearance. Oh, thank you. I, I, I can check that off my, my list now, because it's yeah. really a dream come true. With an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we finish up here, do you have any advice for... You know, aspiring players, young girls looking to do the same, um, or anyone else just pursuing a dream outside of soccer? Uh, yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is uh, the man in the arena. I don't know if you guys yeah. are familiar yeah. with it um, from Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. But uh, basically, I it's... No, I don't know it. No? No, please. We should, we should, please, please enlighten me. We should read it. It's it's pretty long. Um, I do have it memorized, but I'm kind of on the spot. I can try, <laughs> I can try my best. So it's it's um, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Uh, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows, in the end, the triumph of great achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be amongst those cold and timid souls that know neither victory nor defeat? Hell yeah. Wow. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's end it there. I got to go run for time. <laughs> Yeah. No. So is that is that something that's like, you know, really helped you on this journey? Yeah. Um, so I actually was reading a book. Um, I think it was Grit. The, it was, it's from the book Grit that I was reading. And Duckworth. That's yeah. Yeah. That I'm looking at right now. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's from that book. Um, and basically they were talking about how, um, Anson Dorrance at, um, he was the coach of UNC, uh, women's soccer legend legacy, like all that. Um, he basically had his players, uh, memorize that and they had to recite it. And it was like, he, there was 10 different ones and that was one of them as like right. their core values or whatever. And I just thought that was so cool. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to memorize that. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that's so, you know, it took a, a little bit to memorize, but it's something so easy that I, you know, if I'm just sitting in the locker room or, you know, um, running around the field for warm up laps, whatever, like it's something that I can just, you know, say in my head, repeat in my head. And it kind of brings me focus and motivation and, Love you know, that. like right. th this is why I'm here. So yeah. Moral of the story, like just don't be afraid to fail. Like just right. put yourself right. out there, like go for it. No regrets. And like, whatever, if you fail, like my career is defined by failure, you know, like right. those moments of failure, like in the moment they were, the worst thing in the like it felt like the world was ending but like right. at the end of the day like they were the best thing that could have ever happened to me so right. yeah just kind of embrace failure and you know don't don't let it stop you just keep keep pushing kylie we wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time um to chat with us i think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this and thanks again so much and uh we'll talk soon yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you guys. It's been awesome. Love what you're doing, really. I think it's really cool. 
Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Thank you.